Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, Edo and Dave from Lost the Plot podcast are here to talk about their favorite subject, the ABC hit TV show, Lost. Okay. So in 2010, I thought I would never return to the island. Uh, it was at the end of Lost, and I kind of vowed to never return to the island. I never did a rewatch. And then my buddy Ado mentioned that he was doing a podcast of uh, going to Lost and watching every episode and talking about it. And lo and behold, here I am. I'm going back to the island. Um, I love your podcast, guys. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that was a quick answer. Awesome. All right, we're done. Wrap it up. You yeah, that's you. it. That's it. That's, that's all we came bag. here for. That's all we came here for. Thank you, yeah, Jimmy, we're just, for having us. Yeah, we're just so, here to have praise heaped onto us. We love it. Thank you. So I want to mention that I actually did not get into the show at the very beginning. I remember seeing advertisements, and I don't care about watching a show of Castaways. Um but I went over to like my mom's house and uh, it was, I think it was right when Ethan betrayed them and I got hooked. I was like, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun watching these first episodes because I don't think I've ever seen, I'm pretty confident I've never seen them. I think I've only seen them via like um, previously on Lost and then I find out all the information. So uh, this has been fun. Yeah, isn't it weird to think of TV now compared to then and how you would just kind of drop in? I mean, it, it, there wasn't many serialized shows on the air back then like Lost, but there was so few that you did feel like you could just drop in on a TV show halfway through its the run of its first season. And I feel like you would never do that now. You would, you're like, we're like, spoilers for TV shows are like radioactive now. If you see a show that you haven't caught up on yet, you're like, oh, I can't look at it. You know, it's like looking at the sun. Yeah, because everyone's so tuned into the internet now these days, you know, the big highway of information, as it was referred to in the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's really what it is. You go on the internet, you're just going to find information about anything and everything. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people are following now these days would be, say, oh, I don't know, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for example, which is just so ubiquitous in media now these days. In the cinema, it's all over Disney Plus, and everyone's talking about it all the time on the internet especially when it comes to things like trailers. And you could argue that that is, you know, the big serialized media of today that people are avidly watching as each installment comes out. And anyone who hasn't watched, you know, the latest movie or series immediately, they do not want to hear spoilers. They do not want to hear them, even though they're all over the Internet. But I mean, Lost wasn't one of the only ones. I mean, there was a lot back in the time when Lost came out. Like, I remember the one that I watched was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. boy. I was so big into Buffy the Vampire Slayer back then. And yeah, that I don't was, know like, if... the big one for me. Yeah, I know I know that Buffy the Vampire Slayer had those kind of... Uh, it did have, like, an overarching arc to it, and there were sort of the... I think they used to call them, like, the... Um, the lore episodes that would focus on this running storyline, but you did have your sort of monster of the week episodes that you could hop in on for those shows as well. I feel like lost was maybe uh, one of those, one of the first shows, or at least one of the first like popular shows that, that kicked off the golden era of television where 
it was sort of essential to really appreciate the narrative arc to have watched everything that came before. Although obviously, like you said yourself, Jimmy, people managed without that as well. They could just kind of catch up with the previously unlosts. I wouldn't say it's the first, but no, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm already going to backtrack on that. Uh, I think it's the <laughs> first one that got really super popular because uh, yeah, I got into Alias prior to Lost and it, as I'm watching Lost, it's really weird because there are memories I completely forgot about and I see Locke and I just remember me seeing him for the first time and being like, hey, it's a dude from Alias. <laughs> and that's how I knew him. Yeah, I had no idea. that I've never seen Alias, so I guess I didn't really know that it was all that serialized, but I also had no idea that, that uh, Terry O'Quinn was in it. Did you know that? I, I no, not, I, I, didn't, I hadn't a clue. I would not... Uh, I've heard on a rewatch of Alias, Alias uh, turns out to be pretty problematic. Uh, I haven't rewatched it in years, so... Oh, dear. Of course it does. The early 2000s, I feel like, like the late... Not even the late, not like the early aughts end up being more problematic than the 80s a lot. <laughs> I've noticed that when I go back and watch media from the time, like there was sort of this push for diversity in the 80s that, that, that they, I mean, it might have been like considered tokenism at the time, but it was kind of I, I, the sexism really ram, ramped up in like the early 2000s. There's so much uh, male gazy shit and like so much objectification you know and you have movies like shallow hal that just completely the the whole plot is driven by this uh this stand like it's around this standard of beauty that had been established that nobody just nobody questioned at the time and like like to the point where i i hope i'm not speaking out of turn here but like even most women who were were just like kind of accepted it as the norm you know and i guess a lot of people internalized it as well but it's wild looking at media from that time now. Do you know specifically what was so problematic about Alias? No idea. Like I said, I haven't gotten back into it and I'm always uh, cautious about going back into it once I heard that. But I think mm-hmm. I would agree on that because I've watched, I've watched a lot of shows from the 80s and I haven't cringed. I haven't like winced at any of the things that they yeah. said. But early 2000s, I've, I was like, I, even watching Lost with you guys, a lot of the comments, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, some... even even Lost at times can be a little bit problematic, particularly with Sawyer, the character of Sawyer, and a lot of the nicknames he comes out with. Like, if that show came out today, they wouldn't get away with half that shit. Yeah, and rightly so. I don't. I don't think they would write it in the first place, which I think is a, a form of progress. I think it depends on what station, because I think ABC wouldn't. <laughs> no, probably. No. Because advertisers would pull money like it's, you know, like it's on fire. If that were, yeah, I think that I think that if Lost was on, you know, FX, I think FX would be willing to (laughs) risk it. Um, but let's get on to the show. Uh, I'm I'm really curious. I've I've listened to the episode, and uh, one of my favorite things is I love listening to uh your your background stories, uh, your personal experiences, uh, your friendship, how you become friends. I love it. Um, but what brought you to Lost? What really brought you into this crazy world? Well, considering as how Dave was the one who watched it before me, I'm going to let him tackle this answer first. Yeah, I think my answer will lead into Edo's, and his is a lot more interesting than mine. Mine is pretty boring. Like, I think I just saw ads for it on TV and decided to watch it. I'm not sure exactly what enticed me. I remember 
it would have been on uh, Channel 4, which is a British um, TV channel that we had in, in Ireland back in, I think it aired like a year later. Back then, there was a huge gap between when stuff would air in the UK, uh, sorry, in the US and when it aired, uh, the other side of the Atlantic. And they had this really like sort of artsy ad where there was like a, all the characters dressed up really fancy on the beach and it would be like, one of us is a criminal. One of us is a con man, you know. One of us doesn't speak English or whatever, and 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 uh, and then it would go like, "All of us are lost." And something about that ad intrigued me, and 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 like because it had been, it had aired in the US. There was some buzz around it. I remember my Mac sort of telling me that she had read about it in like her gossip magazines or something. So I decided to watch it, and I was immediately hooked. But because it would be, had been my first like foray into narrative television, I just really liked the mysteries as well and the theorizing. Um, uh, yeah, and like like I said, the first sort of example of serialization, just the right amount of sci-fi as well. I was big, like really getting into sci-fi at the time. Uh, so I watched it all on TV uh, on the original air dates in the UK and Ireland. And then the finale happened. <laughs> the fateful finale. I was you teeing up your story. Yeah, I was oh. teeing you up. Well, <laughs> I... I... I totally heard the tea up. I was like, oh, here it goes. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to back up a little bit. Have you ever seen that meme online of Vince McMahon from WWF as he's getting more and more excited about something, right? Yeah, that was that was me when, you know, the trailers for Lost first started coming out back in 2004, this big release date. And I'd see this show, you know, about, you know, it, there was this big countdown. I think it was on Channel 4 or E4, whatever the channel was back in the day. And it was all about, you know, plane crash on an island. And I was like, okay, that looks interesting. And it shows some of the characters. And, you know, as, as you said, Dave, you know, the, that trailer of, you know, one is a con man, one is a blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, this seems good. And then I saw that there was a supernatural element to it. Fell off my fucking chair. I was like, ah, oh, hook it to my veins. I need yeah, I was this shit, right? But, um, but this started in September of 2004. So I managed to get about three episodes into me. I managed to watch about three weeks worth of it before school started again. I'm going to age myself and say <laughs> that I was 14 at the time. I had just turned 14 when like the second or third episode came out because my birthday is in September and school started back up. I suddenly had a bedtime again and I couldn't watch Lost uh, after like the fourth or fifth episode. You know, I'd have my mother with the wooden spoon chasing me into the bed every night. So I lost touch with it for years. I just forgot about it, chalked it up as something I was never going to be able to go back to until I was in university. And I managed through one way or another. This is a whole story unto itself. I ended up sleeping on Dave's floor for the whole first year of college. And this is like from the day we met as well, because I had a we have a mutual friend who said, hey, can I sleep on your floor? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, hey, can my friend Ado sleep on your floor as well? I was like, the more the merrier. Yeah. So Dave was paying for accommodation on campus and we were commuting from like an hour and a half, two hours away. And we were like, no, fuck that. We're just going to find someone who let us sleep on their floor, which you've said on the podcast, Dave, was incredibly charitable of you at the time. But you would not let that shit fly now. No way. I, I, I obviously wasn't didn't enjoy my alone time as much back then. But I, I can't be understated that if there was I mean, I don't know how many nights there are in a in a college semester let's just say there was 100 they probably slept on my floor for 97 of those nights and they were 97 great fucking nights i tell you but they anyway were. back 
back onto the main point, right? Our first year of university, right? That academic year pretty much spanned the exact airtime of the final season of Lost, right? So mm-hmm. it kicked off roughly around the time we went back to, or we started college. And then the season finale came out while we were smack bang in the middle of exams. Now, one of these exams, Dave and I had uh, the, the exact same. It was logic, uh, which was part of uh, the philosophy um, subject, right? Both of us studied mm-hmm. philosophy. Sorry, I'm going to correct myself. I say studied philosophy. We attended philosophy lectures. <laughs> Studying and attending the classes are two entirely different things. And, but and re- even then, we didn't necessarily attend them mentally, just physically. But at this stage, Lost was in its final season. And I'm sure everyone here knows how much of a worldwide phenomenon this show was. So when the finale was airing, Dave decided to go over to a friend's house and watch it live. Because I, I think you said, who was it? Sky were playing it yeah, live? It, it, I believe they called it a simu- simulcast back then. They, uh, they aired it. It would let's see the east coast of the United States would have been probably about nine p.m. So it aired about two a.m. in Ireland and the UK. Uh, they played at the same time so that the world could watch together. So the night before this logic exam at two a.m. in the fucking morning, Dave decides to go to his mate's house, stay up watching it there, and then come back get some sleep before the exam. Me. No such concerns. I wasn't into Lost. I'd lost touch with it over the years. But I wake up the next morning in my sleeping bag. And Dave is sitting up in his bed. And he had long hair at the time, down to his shoulders. And it was just over his face. His face was in his hands. And my boy is weeping. And I said, David, David, my child, what has you so upset? And he looks up at me through these red, tear-stricken eyes. And he just croaks out the words it was perfect and i was like well shit son if this show can bring my boy here to these kind of tears i gotta get on this and that's what led me into it we did our exams college ended i had a whole summer ahead of me of doing nothing but sitting at home playing with myself so i decided i was gonna you know well, you'd stream it now today, but back in the day, it was all about torrenting and pirating, which I am not ashamed to say I did a lot of at the time. I have since bought the DVDs. If uh, anyone of any great importance is listening, I have bought them since. ABC or Disney are listening. Um, hey, you never know who's listening. But then I had that wonderful experience that summer of Adrian just texting me every couple of days going, oh my God, this just happened. Or, oh, holy shit, locks the smoke monster. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we should probably say that uh, this particular episode of Question Crunch will have spoilers for Lost. Oh, Lost. Don't, don't worry about that. I it, That would be really weird if someone saw like the thumbnail and they're like, oh, a podcast talking about a podcast about Lost. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lost was big in the U.S. Uh, to the point where so it came out. Oh, four. I just graduated out of uh, high school. And I think I just got a job at a caricature stand at the local mall. And I think it was that summer of 2005, I got a caricature gig. Uh, me and my boss, we did caricatures at a, I'm pretty sure it was a high school dance. It was either high school or junior high, but it was Lost themed. The dance was Lost themed. And when we went in the, the front entrance, we walked in the front entrance and it was designed to be a crashed plane. Uh, this was this was like a prom. Yeah, no, this was I think homecoming. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it was nuts. I was because the crashed plane had uh, airplane seats tilted to look like it's crashed, 
and there were oxygen masks coming hanging from the ceiling. And I'm like, where the fuck is this budget? I was, I was just about to say that, like that, that the U.S. education system was way better funded than the Irish one. <laughs> uh, this was a different time. I don't think we're going to yeah. get away with that kind of shit now. Fuck. Nah. <laughs> but I just remember uh, my boss was not really too familiar with the show, but I'm walking around like a geek where I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> there were uh, fake fours around uh i was like where's the hatch i need to find the hatch where is it and i even found like i was looking through the bushes and sure enough there was a hatch with the numbers i was like this is amazing incredible uh, um, I, I would i would go to a party like that tonight if someone invited me to it <laughs> like in a heartbeat right uh, <laughs> i was uh i was going nuts i, I had a great time um it was weird because uh, there was no line for the caricatures. The kids were just like, it was a huge crowd of kids. And for some reason they knew, they always knew who was next. And uh, looking back at it now that we're in a pandemic, I'm like, oh, I was surrounded by kids without masks. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> would have made caricatures quite difficult if they were all wearing masks. You're like, hmm, what features can I exaggerate here? I think the it would mask? be easier. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be easier. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I can. I, th- I think like being a teenager though, and having a caricaturist. Sorry if I misuse if I use the wrong term. Having that around, like I feel like I would have been terrified because you're so so insecure as a teenager. Like t- I would have been terrified to have my imperfections exaggerated. You know, you already kind of feel bad about all the acne you have and stuff. Whereas but, these yeah. days, all I'd be able to think of is how big is my nose gonna be? Because I because <laughs> I have got a sizable beak of a nose, and I've grown to be proud of it now. So I I would go. To, I would get my caricature done. Just rec- to see. I recently found out that a lot of people find big noses hot. So good for you, Ado. Damn straight. I uh, I know one time some random person started doing my caricature. I was like, uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm drawing you. I was like, can I fight back? <laughs> <laughs> he was unaware that I was also a cartoonist. And so I'm like, come on. <laughs> Let this be our final battle. <laughs> Let's do some dueling caricatures. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining you and some other artists sitting on little chairs with canvases in front of you on top of a mountain, thunderstorms <laughs> cracking, pencils furiously scratching the paper. Over a volcano, an active volcano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duel of the fates playing in the background. <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, Amazing. On your podcast, you mentioned that you've been thinking about doing this podcast for years. Why? <laughs> uh, short answer, we're straight white guys in our 30s. We're legally obliged to start a podcast. Yeah, right of passage. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as someone who's also in that uh, situation, I understand. <laughs> but why, why loss? Why did you think, you know, of all... Sh- well, I know that you love the show, but you're like, uh, yeah, people would love to hear about trivia of loss now that uh everyone has access to the internet <laughs> i think the, um what the, there was kind of a couple of factors that made me decide on a podcast about loss but it was mainly doing it with ado i always thought i've been wanting to do a podcast for years personally and i always thought like who of my friends would i like to do it with and i thought ado would be the best person to co-host a podcast with and then where our interest you know we're, we're pretty close friends but i don't know that our interests intersect a whole lot but Lost is sort of the like the middle of that Venn diagram of the things we're into. Um, and I think it was just niche enough that I thought, I mean, we never expected to get a big following and 
our expectations were met. <laughs> we do not have a big following, <laughs> but, um, but I just thought it was be niche enough that we might get some stragglers on who wouldn't be our friends and family. Like if we had done an MCU podcast or something, and I wouldn't have been able to, cause I don't really keep up with it. Um, he it's didn't. that that's so that's so saturated it's that market you know that it, we're, nobody's ever going to listen to some random mcu podcast but i think there's a possibility they would listen to a lost one um that, like the crowd obviously wouldn't be as big as as there would be for uh, the audience for an mcu podcast but it might be a little more passionate there's also a really interesting connection that i never got to talk about on our podcast i forgot to bring it up um but I, I'm really passionate about podcasting as a medium. I listen to podcasts have replaced music for me. Like I'll barely listen to music anymore. I just listen to podcasts and have been for years. But the first podcast I ever listened to was called The Lost Initiative. And it was a lost podcast that aired in tandem with the show. Uh, it was done by Sky One, which had picked up Lost from Channel 4 by then in the UK. And it eventually turned into a video podcast, which will tell you how long ago this was. Like they weren't really sure that they wanted to keep podcasts in the audio medium yet. Um, but yeah, the uh, I just thought it was an interesting connection that like the first podcast that I was ever passionate about was a lost podcast. And then I became, grew passionate about the medium in general. And then full circle, I just ended up doing a lost podcast. I don't know if Edo has anything to add to that. Uh, yeah, I mean... When you talk about not wanting to do something like an MCU podcast because there wouldn't be much of a market for it, to me, there was absolutely no intention of pandering to any kind of a market. To me, it was all about the love and the passion for this show because I think it's fair to say that before we even considered this project, Dave and I were both super fans of Lost. We, we weren't just fans. Mm -hmm. We were fanatics. We were fanatical about the show. We loved every single small little detail and lost ended up in its finale becoming so divisive a lot of people loved the finale but also a lot of fans turned their backs on it as well and both of us fell into the camp of loving it we just thought it was perfect lost could do no wrong to us so when you combine that fandom and the desire to do a podcast as well it just made sense. It just absolutely made sense. That and the fact that I think it's fair to say that, you know, Dave and I, like we've remained friends over the years, but, you know, we, as people do post-college, like you lose touch a little bit and we hadn't talked in a while. So when we did get back in touch with each other and this idea happened, it was just lightning in a bottle more than anything. Yeah, it was just an excuse to hang out digitally. We, uh, it's, it's funny because like we have two sets of uh, college friends right now on the podcast, uh, the top row is me and Angie uh, from our college days. We met in college. And bottom row is you two. <laughs> so hooray for college. <laughs> Making um, podcast uh, duos since 2004. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you hadn't thought that one out, had you? Nah, I hadn't. <laughs> um, I, I thoroughly enjoy your podcast because there's a trivia that I, I there's trivia I never knew. And there's also just really fun games that are just uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, when you're like, oh, which of the cast is currently not on the island? <laughs> which, which one has not had any camera time? <laughs> if ever you're surprising... in doubt, it's usually Claire. Yeah, usually <laughs> I don't know what to do with Claire. <laughs> there's only there's only so much uh, juice you can squeeze from a character whose only trait is being pregnant. Well, because 
uh, one, one of the episodes, you're like, uh, guess who hasn't been there? Walt. Walt has been gone. I'm like, wow, fuck. Uh, someone should pay attention to where this kid's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's most likely that he was like, he probably, you know, wandered into all the Dharma stations because nobody was watching him and he could have given them all the answers they needed, but nobody <laughs> asked him. <laughs> he's he's always known about the Dharma initiative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had a chat with Desmond. He's like, oh, what's going on here? Desmond's like, well, let me tell you in, in great detail. <laughs> um so it's it's so strange going back to the beginning because there's some like there's some stuff that gets revealed, and I have no idea what episode they get revealed, and I'm just waiting for them to get to that point. And it's just bizarre. It's a weird feeling. Because like when uh, when you first hear about the others, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course they're there. They should be there. What the hell? <laughs> it's yeah, I find uh, when we're when we're watching as well, I'm, I'm always anticipating and it's it, it, it'll tell you we have a difficult time, like sort of weighing up how much is necessary to spoil. Because, I mean, we, we give a spoiler warning at the start of the podcast, but I know for a fact that there are friends listening along with the podcast watching it for the first time and it's nice to talk about spoilers to talk like to get a sort of hindsight overview of things but yeah i guess we just try and avoid them when they're not necessary right Edo? yeah we made the decision very early on in the podcast that you know if we're going to talk about it and it's a rewatch podcast we are going to be spoiling it because we have to be able to link things from the beginning uh, in the future, it would also be very disingenuous to pretend like we're watching it for the first time without Absolutely. knowing what happens in future episodes. So we have a little disclaimer at the beginning that says, you know, ev- the, the following episode has 815 spoilers for all seasons and episodes of Lost. You have been warned. And yet, if you go and listen to it, we teeter on the edge of not revealing <laughs> some things because we just feel like, oh, you know, if you are what if if you are watching this for the first time with us, this is going to be a really shitty one to have spoiled for you because quite unfortunately, despite the disclaimer at the beginning of each episode, we still have people messaging us saying, oh, you guys have made me decide to watch Lost for the first time. And I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Just go and watch it and then come back to us. We do like rip the bandaid off for certain things. So like if a story ends up going nowhere, which there are some threads in Lost that don't, we'll just straight up say that. We'll be like, if you're watching for the first time, prepare for disappointment. There has been only one spoiler. Cause like I know I knew what I was getting myself into. So I was like, whatever. When it got spoiled, I was like, no, I knew it. I already know that they're gonna talk about Lost and stuff I completely forgot. So I was like, all right, that's cool. But there is one moment where I'm like, oh, uh because when say he gets hit by the stick when he gets knocked out for the first time i forgot who did it and you you guys are like and we all know it's lock i was like i didn't i forgot (laughs) you're witnessing this in first hand jimmy just look at dave's camera i know the listeners at home can't see this but you're watching the regret in dave's face now on the decision of actually spoiling elements of the show I'm As a true Irishman. I'm just going to clamp down those feelings of regret and refer you to the disclaimer at the start of the podcast. No, you were don't warned, do that. Jimmy. Don't do that. Don't call. <laughs> I called you out. Don't don't throw back the call out. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was not that bad because I know I'm going to listen to spoilers, and the show's been on forever. So I'm. It's my it's my bad. It's my mistake. Um, 
but I do watch the episode. I do watch the episodes before you guys talk about because I want a refresher. And I, there's been times where I'm like, you know what? I should, uh, I really want to watch more Lost, but I haven't listened to that episode of podcast yet. So I will wait. I'm patient. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, the show ended like what, 11, 12 years ago? I mean, spoilers should be fair game, right? Yeah. I, I, there's I, me. I, I feel you there, though, Jimmy. Sometimes I'll get to the end of an episode we're about to cover, and I'm like, I can't really watch the next one until we schedule that record. <laughs> you totally can. You can just rewatch it. Have a there fresher was, in your memory. Ain't nobody got time for that. There was one thing that you guys said that... Uh, no, I, it was Dave. David said... Uh, <laughs> You want David or Dave? I can't remember. I th- don't remember if I asked. E- either or. I, I went for Dave because Ado went for Ado, but like, P- I don't really mind. People call me both in my life. So, dealer's choice. We're recording on Zoom. So, I just read the name and I'm like, oh, wait, you might like Dave. I think on the podcast you mentioned Dave. Anyway, um, you said something that has stuck with me forever because uh, I can't remember what the discussion was, but Ado said, uh, Ado said something. You're like, is that the is that the cliff you're gonna die on? Is that the cliff that you're gonna run on? And you said, and here comes Locke, just with my big old grin on his face, saying, you know, take my hand. And <laughs> my mind keeps throwing him into different scenes. Like I'll be, I'll be like, oh man, I don't know if I have time to do that. And I'll see myself hanging from a cliff, and Locke will be like, hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. We've given you your own little mental spirit guide. But is it weird that I can't really imagine Locke smiling? And when I do, he's got the fucking orange peel in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the Locke father. But there are stuff in the show, in your show, that while I haven't emailed, because I'm a procrastinator and I'm busy, um, I've kind of like, uh, whenever you mention Hurley and you're like, uh, we want to have drinks with Hurley, um, I want to try to get that, make that happen. I'm, I'm like... What do I need to do? We got social media. I can tweet him. Let's see what I can do. <laughs> you live in California. You could probably go to his house. <laughs> right? <laughs> if if it wasn't during the pandemic, I think it would be a lot easier. Um, and I'm not saying go to his house. I'm saying that uh, with conventions happening all the time, I'm relatively certain that encountering him and mentioning you guys and like being like, hey, check out this card, check out this sticker or something. I think that would have been a whole lot easier in before times. Yeah, we make a point in every episode to shout out to Jorge Garcia, who plays Hurley on the show, to get him on our podcast to drink cans with us. (laughs) And I have no idea how that little campaign started. I think that was your idea, Dave. I think I just, yeah, brought it up one day. I I, I don't know. Of all the characters on the show and all the actors, he seems like... He's got the most like accessibility to um, what actually like to hang out with him ratio. Because I feel no, like no, no, I, no, 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 no. I believe the way you phrased it was he's the most attainable because he's not got anything else going on. <laughs> All right, I was trying. <laughs> I was well, okay, well. Now it's never gonna happen because he's gonna hear me say that. Nah, I'm just kidding. If he goes on our podcast, there's no way he will have listened to the back catalog. So I think we're safe there. Yeah, when the minimum runtime for each of our episodes is an hour and a half. <laughs> but I can just imagine him being quite like a friendly dude who would get a, like if Josh Holloway who played Sawyer came on our podcast, I would not be comfortable. I'd be freaking out. I'd want him to think I was cool. 
Hurley, I would obviously want him to think I was cool, but I just feel like I'd be more relaxed about it. He seems like he would forgive, you know, forgive any mistakes we had or like he seems like the a... one he seems like the one cast member whose standards might be low enough to come on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. Again, I try to be diplomatic and you translate for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what our podcast is. <laughs> Um, I, there's not a lot of people in Lost that have anything going on, is there? Not really. We sort of talked about this in the same way that Star Wars did to everyone but Harrison Ford. This show kind of steamrolled all the actors' careers, whatever careers they may have had. I mean, Matthew Fox had like Party of Five before that, right? He was reasonably famous. Uh, like, I think it was a teen drama or something. My mom used to watch it. And, uh, I, I can think of like some of the characters showing up in bit parts. Like Josh Holloway was in an episode of Community, which is one of my favorite shows. And uh, uh, can you think of any other, Edo? You know, like any Michael Emerson had that person of interest show that he, I think he would play the lead in. Uh, I know Michael Emerson is still in something. It could be that, but I honestly can't think of anything that the main cast have done post lost i'm not 100 sure i keep um oh what's his name uh harold perino i keep linking him to the second matrix second and third matrix movies he plays the character of link in that but i'm even struggling to remember is that before lost is that after even, I, I think it was before right but even dominic monaghan who was in these you know multi-million dollar uh lord of the rings blockbuster movies did absolutely nothing after lost uh, nothing of of note at least. Well, do you know what? With the millions they would have made from Lost, would you want to continue working after that? I mean, he got all that Lord of the Rings money as well. That is absolutely true. Uh, if I made a job that pretty much made sure that I don't have to work again, why would I? Yeah, <laughs> good too. point. Me too. Um, it's it, I. You 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 mentioned a lot of cast members' names. I do not have them memorized whatsoever. So I just mentioned them as characters, which is kind of sad because that's pretty much like typecasting them because uh, Ben Linus, he's been in a million things. Uh, yeah, that's Michael Emerson. Okay, cool. <laughs> I no, we can. We, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I see him show up everywhere because he's just a creepy little dude. Um, I'm just I'm waiting for him to be the uh, ventriloquist in a Batman movie sometime. He would be a fantastic he, Batman villain. He'd be really good if there was like a dark dimension movie of Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so good in that, like some twisted Jigsaw-esque villain. Oh my god. I can see perfect. that happening. That's perfect. That'd be that'd be so creepy in his voice being like, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> um he's, he's in a what's that? Uh I think it's called Evil. Is that called evil? Is it a TV it's like show? A, yeah, it's a supernatural uh, TV show, and he like he's working for the devil or some shit. Sounds like something okay. Ben Linus would do. Yeah, I just see Angie nodding, so I'm I'm see I'm referring to Angie's nods. <laughs> um, and you know, of course, Kate has a career that's flourishing. Yeah, I think she might be the the one who who did the best afterwards. She well, was in like even before the Marvel shit, she was like in the Hurt Locker and stuff like that. I just remembered her. She kind of had this period after loss where she would play the wife in a lot of things. Not very like 
substantial roles. But then, yeah, she got the Marvel shit and she's killing it now. If the smoke monster had a voice, who would be the worst casting choice? Now, so that's a really good question. But what would inform my answer would be what kind of lines is the smoke monster supposed to deliver? I think because, you could base that on the actor. Okay, because first answer that comes into my head, a realistic answer, I'd probably give uh, Jim Cummings, for example, you know, renowned voice artist. There's nothing he can't do, right? Now, that's a real answer. But if I had Disney money, for example, for, I don't know, a lost <laughs> remake, and I decided I have full 100% creative control on this, who do I want to voice the smoke monster? I would definitely get some testings done with Joe Pesci, (laughs) Danny DeVito. I want to hear what uh, Arnie sounds like as the smoke monster. You should not be in my jungle. (laughs) Get out. I thought of a couple of, yeah, I just went the the, who would be the worst to do this. I thought Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Woody Allen. But then my favorite answer that I landed on as worst voice for the smoke monster would be Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I'm a smoke hell. monster. It's a monster made of smoke. What? What is the deal with this airplane? <laughs> the others, right? <laughs> no, my, What's my the deal with that? airplane food. It's a pilot. <laughs> I think that you win the worst answer. Shit, because like, there's no, there's no fun. I mean, it's fun to mock him, but. It wouldn't even be funny. It would just be like, oh, you'd get bored of it real fast. <laughs> it would be really uncomfortable. I love, I think Jerry Seinfeld is great. Like, I love Seinfeld, but I just, it's, Seinfeld is, the character of Seinfeld is the opposite of the smoke monster. I cannot get the idea of Gilbert Gottfried out of my head <laughs> as the smoke monster. That would just be amazing. Look at all you people on my beach. That's a pretty good Gilbert Gottfried. I just, whenever I do a Gilbert Gottfried impression, I just say his name. I just go, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, you need, uh, you know, you need a, well, what is it? A key phrase to help you get into certain yeah. voices and accents. <laughs> What's your key That's phrase? What... Well, well mine for is his, his name. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried for but, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I always find the key to a good impression is actually knowing what to say. And Gilbert Gottfried is one of those impressions where I say his name and then I'm like, I don't know what else he would say. <laughs> uh, Ado, do you have a, a phrase that you recite to get into to get into your inner Gottfried? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, with with Gilbert Gottfried, it's all about the back of the throat and then adding volume. That yeah. like that's all it is. I mean, it's it's amazing to appear here on Question Crunch, which isn't even that great a Gottfried impression. But the the thing with impersonating other people, and it's a, and it's, I apologize. It's a shame that my camera's not on because half of the impression is actually physical movement. Because I'm not saying that I do impersonations as you know a hobby or anything like that. But I've been known to impersonate certain people at work, like colleagues of mine, and other people will go, <laughs> "Holy shit, that is bang on!" And I always reveal the secret isn't just the voice; it's all about the physical movements as well. And with Gottfried, you, I mean, there's just one physical thing you got to keep in mind, and that is clench your eyes shut while you're yeah. doing it. You can hunch the shoulders a little bit as well. 
do an incredibly loud, raspy voice. Don't pronounce any R's. Clench your eyes shut and you got it. You know, what's interesting about your Gottfried is you've got this thing that I can't do where you, you can sort of gargle in the back of your throat while you talk. And it's the same reason why you do a really good Chewbacca impression. <laughs> I can't do that. My, if I do Chewbacca, it's like, but that's me like rolling an R. You can do it in the back of your throat. And it's really impressive. Vibrating the uvula, if you want to there be specific. Nice. That's and- a- that could your, be our, your, the name of our album. Your impersonations are pretty, uh, have been pretty fun throughout your podcast. Um, I remember when you first did the Saeed impression, and I even like, I, I was doing something at the time, and you said it. I was like, shit. And then Dave's like, that's a pretty good Saeed impression. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I even good. talked to the podcast. <laughs> and he's a, yeah, think- he's, he's a Middle Eastern man as well, but it somehow wasn't offensive. For Ado, the white guy, to be doing it. Sorry, I cut you off, Ado. Go ahead. Well, I mean, is it really up to us to decide whether it's offensive or not? I mean, we took it as fair game simply by virtue of the fact that um, the actor who plays Saeed doesn't have that accent anyway. He's putting it on. He's got a really thick uh, English Cockney accent. Yeah, it's like Cockney London. It's crazy. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But the the, the one that's become a real running joke on our show is every time Charlie comes up. Oh, I know. And it's a fucking black. (laughs) Every we time, do. every every time you have any kind of scene, like the smoke monster shows up, and I feel like you're gonna advertise for drive shaft to the smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> we somehow do like some kind of variation around the north of England, mostly like the different the four different Beatles have probably been covered at some point, even though they're from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's become a running joke and. I, I, I sort of got in my head about it now. I feel like my Charlie impressions have gotten worse because I try to make them better. I would not worry about that. I think that <laughs> I think that the uh, more ridiculous it gets is it just makes it better for me. I enjoy it thoroughly. Whenever Charlie makes an appearance, I'm like, I, I, I'll, I'll watch the show and Charlie will make an appearance. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hear them do it, Charlie. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm... Bit. I'm trying to summon that impression now, and I just can't get it right in my head. I, do, yeah. I just can't. I think we're that... not referring to a specific scene that we're, we're uh, reminiscing on, I guess, right? Yeah, but I Chill feel out, like... baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all you have to do is talk about drive shaft. <laughs> <laughs> drive shaft. <laughs> now I sound I Hold on. I'm in a, band. in a drive shaft. It's my band. <laughs> <laughs> That he almost just ends up sounding like one of the Beatles. Yeah, that was John Lennon. And it's fantastic. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy it. It's, it's it sounds so nothing like him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think what was what worked about Saeed was uh, that it was only like two words. So it wasn't like you were trying to make a caricature. It was just two words and you were fine. And it was just very subtle and very quiet and very serious. Like it actually felt like you had the emotion of that scene. I feel like if you tried to do a whole conversation with Saeed, that's where you'd fuck up. <laughs> I, f- I feel like you might have you might have touched on it there. The key to sort of avoiding a caricature is to be more reserved and quiet. Because you think about a lot of caricatures and stereotypical voices are loud, right? Because people want to exaggerate them. Whereas like Edo doing a Saeed, Saeed's a very soft-spoken character. Uh, so I think you can kind of avoid the uh, the pitfalls of a, of a stereotype. Maybe not every time. 
I think you did it once, so you're fine. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> and I shall never do it again. Good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? And I have no problem with spoilers. Again, people, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, "What is this loss?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, well, <laughs> many years ago." Um, but what was your favorite moment of the show throughout the whole show? I have a very brief. There's, I mean, there's a lot of great moments in the show. There's some particularly good episodes, you know, certain season finales, you know, that just stand head and shoulders above everything else. But every time I try and think of my favorite moment from Lost, there's just one scene, one particular scene. And I'm not going to give the context behind it, but two things happen in it. And to me, they are the funniest jokes that have ever been written in the entire show right so as soon as i start describing it i'm going to see dave nodding because he'll know immediately what this is first of all it's sawyer teaching gin english and sawyer does it the scene just opens up with sawyer going i'm sorry and gin goes i'm sorry and then he says something along the lines of um uh you were right and gin goes you were right and then Sawyer says, those pants don't make you look fat. And Jin repeats the same thing. <laughs> or actually, now that I'm remembering in my head, Sawyer doesn't see him up with the lines. Uh, Jin just delivers them. But the real joke then comes when Hurley swings by and says, all right, get up. We got work to do. And Sawyer says, all right, cool the jets, Jumbotron. <laughs> and, and Hurley is so sick of him calling him names. He just goes, shut up, red neck man. <laughs> and Sawyer just nods and goes, Touche. <laughs> What's so strange is that I remembered Sawyer says touche. I, I, my mental, it, like, it's so weird watching Lost again because there's a lot of memories that I forgot I have. And I, right when you said redneck man, Sawyer's smirk showed up in my mind. <laughs> it's the question mark at the end of the insult that gets me every time when Hurley just goes, shut up, redneck man. Uh, it's the worst when you crap out halfway through insult, like trying to diss someone as well. I feel for him. What about you, Dave? Favorite moment from the show? Uh, did you not say you had two to stand out? Oh, right. oh no, it, it was both of those, it was both of those in the one scene. Jin uh, uh, okay. learning English and then Hurley. Yeah, yeah. And they're in the one scene, which is amazing. I don't know that I have quite as detailed an answer or quite as as good an answer. I just I, I've spoken on this. I've spoken about this on the podcast recently where the hatch was like my favorite mystery of the entire show. And so every little thing we get about the hatch, I do remember, I mean, this is kind of the opposite of what you asked me, but I do remember a really frustrating moment is um, the first few episodes of season two, because I hope you don't mind me spoiling things that are going to happen soon, Jimmy, but like uh, the first, the, the cliffhanger of season one is that they blow open the hatch and they have that amazing shot, like following it down, you know, Locke and Jack, I think, are peering into it. And then the next episode opens, the, the season two premiere opens with a sort of montage of Desmond. You don't even know it's him at first, but just someone living their life with that, uh, that great song. You got to make your own kind of music. Uh, I'm forgetting the artist right now. I literally listened to it yesterday. Um, but then like there's an explosion and he comes over, he runs over and you, it's, but you find out that this is the dude in the hatch. But then the next couple of episodes are an exercise in frustration because you just want to know more. It gives you just enough to sort of know, oh, shit, there's a dude living in here. What's the deal with this? But then the next few episodes deal with like 
going into the hatch from one character's perspective and then going into a, the hatch from another character's perspective. And then they just cut away to the tail section survivors. And you don't actually, you, you, you don't really find out what the deal with the hatches until like five or six episodes into season two and i remember at the time every episode would end each week and i'd be like but we don't fucking know what it is yet <laughs> like, yeah and, and it's just <laughs> major blue balls it really is and i enjoyed all the episodes like don't get me wrong like finding out about the tail section was cool as hell but I don't know. I just all I wanted to know was what was up with this hatch. And we our last episode that we covered, I don't think this has been released yet at the time we're recording this, but it's the episode after they find the hatch. And there is just one tiny little allusion to it. And they don't bring it up again for the entire episode. And I just remember at the time and even now on a rewatch at the time, I was laser focused on this mystery. I'm like, please get to the hatch. So you asked what our favorite moment is, and that sounds like I didn't actually enjoy those moments, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. The hatch build up and the way they they you know they just feed you the information bit by bit. Um, yeah, that really worked for me. I love. I didn't want I I didn't want to interrupt you, Dave, but I'm so glad that you gave a shout out to uh, Downtown by Petulia Clark. That song, I. Cannot hear it anymore without thinking of some dude in a brown jumpsuit on an exercise bike making himself like fucking an omelet or reading a book in the hatch, you know, like that. Are you sure? Hold on. I don't think it's downtown, is it? I don't mean, is it not the uh, it's like you've got to make your own kind of music. Isn't that the song? Oh, and I'm going to reach out to uh, Jimmy's listeners to to write in and correct us. (laughs) They're not going to correct us. I know. I feel like I've got free range. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Tune into uh, whenever we cover season two, episode one of uh, Tune Into Lost the Plot to find out which one of us was right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm lo- definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, I don't. It's weird because I don't remember the song. I'm definitely not going to remember the song, but I do remember vividly that season premiere when it shows mm-hmm. Desmond, and I'm just like, "What the fuck show are we watching? This isn't Lost." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> A funny, actually, I've got another memory associated with that. If you'll allow me a quick, like, so I remember the season ended and season two started before it did in the UK. And you could get on the official Lost website, you could get um, synopses of the episodes. And I, I was so like looking forward to episode two or to, to season two. And it had aired in the States that I went on that website and I opened up the synopses and I was like, I, 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 can't, I can't resist this. And I read the first sentence and it said like, an alarm clock goes off and a man's hand stops it. He then gets on an exercise bike. And I just I like t- I exited out of the window. I was like, no, no. <laughs> so these literally the first two shots I kind of knew about. I had spoiled for myself, but I just, you know, I just, I, I managed to, uh, that, that was enough of a fix for me. I was like, because I think I made, I put two and two together and like, I guess that must be what's in the hatch. But then I was like, I think I'd rather see this. I'm not going to read spoilers. But yeah, it was tempting. Um, so at the time of it airing, uh, I was working at a theme park and uh, I'm not going to mention the theme park. I think I did it. No, I think I did it in a previous episode. We're going to ignore it right now just for the sake of this conversation, this, <laughs> this topic. Um but I, uh, I was working at a theme park and there's certain indicators to let you know when a celebrity is in the theme park. And um, it was right after Jin blew up or we didn't know what happened to Jin. And I was unloading my theme park ride contraption. I don't even know what to call it if I don't mention the ride. 
Um, but I, I was unloaded and I didn't know where the celebrity was, but sure enough, Jen's walking up and I had the hardest time not saying you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Did you get a chance to meet? Uh, I think the actress name is Daniel Day Kim. Did you get a meet? Uh, no, you, you, gotta, you gotta be cool. You can't you be cool. Yeah. You gotta be cool. You can't say shit, <laughs> but you didn't have like an interaction with him. Or? I, all I said was watch your head. Ah, <laughs> oh, Nice. That's all I got to say because you gotta be cool. You can't you can't nerd out at this particular job. <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't have been able to resist. Like, oh, watch your head on the way into the hatch. What's in the hatch? Tell me what's in the hatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that my favorite moment that always comes in my mind whenever I think loss is uh, it's not Penny's boat. Yeah. Oh, of course. Incredible. One of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. Such a good ending to uh, for for that character as well, and uh, for Charlie. Uh, yeah, and I like. I feel like if if it's probably become like quite a popular lost tattoo. I feel like when anything's drawn on someone's skin in a show, like that's that's uh, immortalized in tattoo form a lot. Yeah, but if you wanted to be really faithful about getting the tattoo, you'd have to get it on the palm of your hand, and I cannot ma- imagine that being overly practical. Nah, <laughs> it probably fades away pretty quick as well. I think I do remember though. Um, when Edo was doing his first watch through, remember I was saying like I was getting periodic text updates and he just texted me something like, dude, not Penny's boat. <laughs> I, I remember I wept. I wept like a little bitch when I first watched that. Yeah, that was good. That was that's a, I, I had that. Um, I had a list of uh, my favorite moments written down and that was one of them as well. Great choice, Jimmy. It's it's a sad moment, but I thorough, I I thought they did a perfect setup, and uh, it means so much to the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So let's 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 imagine. I mean, this this is the first uh, episode that's going to be in December. So let's get a little Christmassy in here. Um. Which Christmas movie would you reboot with Jack and Locke as adversaries? Oh, I love this question. Um. I think I would pick Elf, and let me let me tell you why. <laughs> so I would <laughs> so I would cast Locke in the in the Will Ferrell role and Jack in the James Khan role, because they sort of had this man of science, man of faith dynamic going through the show. I mean, I say sort of; they really hammered it in. There was literally an episode title with, which was "Man of Science, Man of Faith," but the whole. That like a large part of the plot of Elf is Will Ferrell trying to convince his biological father, played by James Caan, about the magic of Christmas. And so I could just see Locke uh, trying to convince Jack about the magic of the island in a similar sort of <laughs> dynamic. That was the first thing that came in my head. Oh, it, that, that's a tough one for me. And I'm glad you went first, Dave, because I've been struggling to think of a Christmas movie. And I think I've got it, right? So I've always been really critical of Matthew Fox, who plays Jack. I've always considered him to be really wooden, unemotional. You know, he's basically like a discount store version of Keanu Reeves, kind of. But we actually (laughs) like Keanu Reeves. He's actually good. Whereas Matthew Fox, who plays Jack, I don't know. I feel like the only way to liven him up is make a puppet of him. Muppets Christmas Carol. I want a puppet (laughs) version of Matthew Fox. Now, I don't know if they're going to be adversaries. But I want Locke to be Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Terry O'Quinn. I want him in live action, but I want a puppet version of Matthew Fox. Amazing. Who's which, who, who's Matthew Fox playing in this uh, Muppet Christmas Carol? With yeah, which which Muppet? Um, he already is a bleeding Muppet. 
<laughs> a blade and mope, yeah. A <laughs> little bit of, little bit of love. Some slang Dublin there. slang. <laughs> well, I think muppet is more of an English term, isn't it? To call, uh, someone I guess, a, yeah. call someone a fucking muppet. Yeah, you bloody muppet. And our dubs tend to use a lot of English slang, so maybe I, uh, yeah, maybe I conflated it. That is way off the topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but honestly, if someone called me a muppet as an insult... I would never, I would not take it as an insult. Someone, <laughs> someone called me a mother, and I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> Spoken like a true American. <laughs> right? <laughs> Spoken like a true uh, Muppet nut. Uh, I feel like I bring up the Muppets way too often. And so when you said, uh, when you're like, oh, let's do Muppet Christmas Carol, I'm like, this is delightful. This is a great answer. <laughs> yeah, um, great I, answer. I, I, I honestly think I would replace Gonzo with with Jack's Muppet character as like the narrator of the show. Like I again I can't imagine how they'd be adversaries in it. Or else maybe home alone. I would have Jack trying to defend his home from Locke. And you know what? Because there's two robbers, I'd throw in, I don't know, Sawyer as well. Or Ben Linus. No, Ben Linus and Locke try to break into a house and Jack just repeatedly trying to kill them in more creative ways. I think that's... I feel I like think, Yeah, have, I think that's my answer. I feel like you could have a cameo by Jorge Garcia playing the... Uh, by Hurley playing the John Candy role. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what, what is he? He's in like a, a, an, an Oompa band traveling. Yeah, yeah, he's in a band. polka band. <laughs> He has uh, that great John Candy is fantastic in that movie for the short time he's in. He has that great little story about how he left his kid at a funeral parlor. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, he wandered, wandered around the dead bodies for a couple hours, you know. Kids, but he, you know, he was okay after uh, four or five months. You know, kids are strong like that. It's good old home alone too. If, if, it feels like he improvised that entire uh, little speech and it's fantastic. Did and he? if he didn't, he's just good enough to make it seem like he did. Absolutely, yeah. I, I love it when, because I, I was going to say, I think he improvised his list of uh, polka hits. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, I thought I heard that. I thought I heard that. And yeah, it's just really so. fun. Every time I hear him do his list, he's like, come on, you know, polka, 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 polka. And he just adds on to it. <laughs> no? All right. Coast polka, whatever. Like, he's gonna... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I wasn't uh, confer- I, I was agreeing with you rather than confirming that was a fact. Like, I, I thought you were offering an opinion, and I reckon he, I would guess that he improvised that as well. But yeah. Oh, I could be wrong. I'm gonna just uh, in my head canon. I'm just just gonna assume that he improvised it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love Jack as Kevin McAllister. Just <laughs> like he's, he always has like really dramatic eyes and everything. He, like every moment Jack's on screen, I'm like, calm down, man. You've <laughs> Can't you just imagine Kate on a plane and the camera zooms in and she sits up and goes, Jack! <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Jack uh, Jack has some conflict with his dad, you know, his, like, Christian uh, Christian Shepherd, you know, some conflict about his dad's alcoholism. And he's like, I wish you would just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see I want to see Jack doing a monologue about, the, about going to get groceries. <laughs> I bought a toothbrush today. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> you shave it at the time. <laughs> Excuse me. Is this uh, toothbrush approved by the American Dental Association? I don't know. That was supposed <laughs> to be Matthew Fox. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Ada was the king of impressions on this episode. But he's just uh, he's just overly dramatic 
even when he's trying to have a good time, even when he's relaxing, like even when he was golfing, I was like, I, I still felt he needs to calm down. He needs to relax. Yeah, he's so tense in everything he does. Yeah, I, I, I have to slightly disagree with Ada. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's I think he plays angry and I think he plays sad really well, but he just seems wooden with any other emotion. Yeah, true. He doesn't play happy and he doesn't even play casual all that well. Like just neutral. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to change my opinion to that as well. I'm definitely going to hop on your bandwagon. <laughs> I think I think the only thing, only other thing I could think of seeing him in was Speed Racer. I don't think I've seen that. No, I'm not familiar with that at all. That's okay. It was it was very strange. It was uh, over the top. It was it was like a literal interpretation of the anime as a live action movie. Oh damn, that always goes oh. well. Uh, I don't. I kind of. I kind of feel like I just sold it to you guys because I'm like. I'm even in my head. I'm like, damn. I kind of want to watch it again just to see all the <laughs> silliness of it. And now, I don't mean to sound presumptuous, but just from that description, it sounds like a total fucking garbage fire. <laughs> it kind of. I was is. gonna say. I was gonna say we're always looking for excuses, like or ideas for bonus episodes. So maybe we can just cover Speed Racer and, and have you on sometime, Jimmy. <laughs> No, don't, don't, app. because because he's it's a very brief moment where he shows up. He's uh, barely uh, he's there. not the star. Okay. No, he has very little dialogue. He's he's an enemy that stays mysterious until he has his one sentence to say. <laughs> nice. I I would not like if you like watching Garbage Fire, which I often do. Then you and then you should watch it because like it, I I think I told this to my friends recently that. Um, and I think I've even heard it on your podcast. Yeah, I think I've heard Ado say it that uh, um, just because I like it doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a philosophy I keep trying to sell to as many people as possible. It is possible to have like a good movie that you don't enjoy. And it's also possible to enjoy a movie that's just not good. You can you can judge media on whether on how enjoyable it is and how good it is. These are not mutually exclusive people. Amen. I hate Schindler's List. I'm sorry. I'm there. I've said it. It's a fucking great movie. I'm I'm happy to admit that, but I hate the movie. I don't enjoy it. I think I've only watched that movie once, and I don't want to watch it again. And it's not because it's not a good movie. It's just uh, I can't see myself ever on like a Sunday be like, you know what I need? I need Schindler's List in my life. <laughs> it's fucking depressing. No, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I might be uh, different here. I can I can watch. I, I find it like what mood I'm in doesn't affect the movie I want to watch. I remember I was hung over with a couple of my roommates once, my old roommates. The three of us were really hung over. And I was like, let's watch a movie. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. We're all, you know, we're just sitting around doing nothing. And I was like, why don't we watch Spot- Spotlight? It's a movie about the investigation of the Catholic sex abuse scandal, the Catholic Church. And they were like, what's wrong with you? We're hung over. And I'm like, I'm fucking, I'll watch, uh, I'll watch any movie anytime. Fuck. So, you know, I think I'm going to spend my, the rest of my Sunday night watching Shindra's List. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what advice would you give to anyone who wants to start a podcast on something that they're very passionate about? Prepare. Do as much preparation as possible. Even when you think you've done too much, it's not enough. And if you think, oh, two-hour episode, that'll take about two hours to edit. 
Nope. No, when you nope. When you were as strict when it comes to editing as we are, like to give you an idea, each of our podcasts is a minimum of an hour and a half length. It takes an average of about an hour to edit 15 minutes worth of audio, finished audio that you hear. It takes a long time. We keep making a joke on the podcast how we don't want to, we don't necessarily, I mean, obviously making money off the podcast would be awesome, but we don't need to make money. We don't need to make a profit. We would just like to make enough money that we could pay someone to edit. So we don't have to do it. We also have a standing agreement with the guy who did our music that as soon as we do make money, we owe him something like 200 euro. We owe him 200 euro. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good luck, Noel. Jimmy did our artwork. I don't know if uh, if, if you would have mentioned that in the pre-roll, Jimmy, and we're, we're eternally grateful. Jimmy did the incredible artwork for our podcast, but he made a big mistake of uh, not leveraging us into, <laughs> into any sort of financial commitment. <laughs> <laughs>